Welcome to the Grill Coach Podcast. I'm Jay, your host of the Grill Coach Podcast. I'm here today with Frankie. Frankie, what's happening? Hello, hello, hello. Glad to be back today. I know, man. It's always fun uh, when we record. And even though we do have an outline and we sort of know what we're going to talk about, yeah, you know, it goes all different ways. That's fun. (laughs) That it does. Yeah. Uh, Today's topic, though, is acid. Acid is a portion of the book that we've been reviewing. I know it's been a while, but the book is Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat by Samin Nosrat. The reminder, this book says mastering the elements of good cooking. And if you haven't heard our first two sections where we talked about salt and then the other one we talked about fat, check them out. We will definitely reference them in our latest newsletter. So, uh, Salt, fat, acid. Today we're doing acid. And in the upcoming show, we'll be doing the last one, heat. I I just really got to say, man, there's so much to learn. And especially as a barbecue person, we often call audibles. That's what my boy Wes used to say. Because sometimes things don't ever work out the way you plan them to. Whether they're not tasting right, smelling right, something. And then it's you have to fix it. You have to figure out what to do. So. I think really learning these basic elements, salt, fat, acid, I think we can really help and become better cooks. We can save stuff better. We can prepare stuff better. I mean, it only makes you stronger by knowing these things. And yes, if you're a barbecue person, acid is huge. And even me, at first I thought, ah, acid, that's going to be a real simple chapter. I don't really care about too much of that one. That's not going to be part of my game. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, anyway, we will talk more about acid after the break. But first, we get to do highlights. Frankie, I listened to that last episode, and I know you had huge plans for Memorial Day. So uh, I'm guessing that's your highlight. That that it is. Uh, just to to report and say that uh, I think it went really well. Um, to remind everyone, I did a like a little Mexican themed menu. We did a shrimp cocktail to start with uh that was my dad's recipe so um he sent Mm. me that over and that was a big hit i did my own little tweaks on it a bit but uh definitely was like hit home was what i was wanting uh to start the meal off with and then we did um a daniel made like a ahi tuna tostada with like a uh, chipotle mayo spread and like fried leeks on top it's absolutely delightful fried leeks wow yes a little okay. crunchy element. Nice. Uh, and then I smoked a pork butt the Friday before uh, Sunday. The Sunday was barbecue. I smoked it on Friday uh, on my drum uh, and then made a. Oh, and then it came. So my uh, 
we call her Miss, Miss Sally. She seasoned the the pork shoulder. She had bought it already and had seasoned okay. it. Uh, and so it had some um, like Puerto Rican like seasonings to it. So I thought it would go really well with what I was going to be using it anyway. And so then I made a charred chile verde salsa. Uh, and then we ended up making tacos with that. Um, and then we made a super fun cocktail. I've discovered this um, ancho chili liqueur that's been like popping up in a bunch of cocktails around Portland. Okay. So we made uh, like watermelon ancho margarita for like our signature cocktail. Uh, and that was it. Wow. Man, that's fancy. I, I just pull out the Budweiser and just drink that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, this pulled pork, let's talk about this real quick. Uh, shout out one time for drum cooking because you did cook it on the drum. Boom, boom, boom. Tell me about that process. Uh, I love the drum. It's usually, it's the first time I've cooked on it in months. Um, definitely since the first time we've been here. So it was good a, to get it out, to give a little cleaning. Nothing too bad, but I used uh, lump. I've got some lump charcoal. Um, I'm trying to remember the brand. Cowboy? Cowboy lump? Cowboy lump? Okay. Yes. Why do I Fix feel some- like Portland has the best lump charcoal you could find? <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. I'm still I'm still on the prowl. Uh, it, it was it was pretty good, though. Uh, so I just did that. And then it cooked about three fifty. Oh, no, actually, this was pretty cool. I actually discovered a little cheat code with it during this cook. So I, I did use my fireboard because um, I was like also working inside. So I didn't want to be running out every, you know, half an hour, hour checking the temperature or whatnot. So true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I used the live feed sharing feature with like uh everyone who was coming over for for the barbecue <laughs> okay hold on hold on because there's people listening to this i don't think they're they're grasping what you're putting down here so give it to me slowly okay so the so the fireboard is that is a like that thermometer that i that i love um but it has this feature on it where you can share a link and it will uh, like live update you it has like a little chart with the temperature of like or whatever probes you have going. So I always have like a chamber and then whatever protein I'm cooking on. And then you can add notes, right? Like at every point at different things. So like I would take a picture of like, okay, now it's going on. This is what it looked like after an hour. And like, oh, now I'm making the salsa. So it's like a little social feed was pretty cool. Uh, gave everyone a little That's temperature cool. envy. <laughs> this thing got its own Facebook Live going. It's just like, Seriously. Uh, uh, like <laughs> hey, let me tune in. What are you doing? I'm watching this pork smoke. <laughs> oh, look. Look, the temperature changed again. Oh, wow. Yeah, something must have happened. Uh, <laughs> hey, Frankie, did it, Did you open the container? Because, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So uh, what did you smoke it to? Uh, I was smoking it to 180. Um, and so that worked out to being like two and a half hours or so two 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 and a half, three hours. So not too incredibly long, but a good amount of time to get a good amount of smoke on that, especially that with the drums. really fast, even to get to 180. Yeah, it was a pretty small, it wasn't like a full, it was a pretty small pork. I, I don't know. I didn't look at like how many pounds or anything it was, okay. but, All right. um, yeah, definitely not like, I was actually a little worried when I looked at it. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't know if this is going to feed enough people. <laughs> it wasn't a pork butt. It was like a pork cheek, just one cheek. Right? <laughs> oh, that was a cheesy joke. I don't do those. Uh, well, I have a dad, up. so yeah, I could do there that. There you go. <laughs> all right, all right. 
yeah, sometimes I remember told you before some places you go, they'll label it something, but I look at that cut of meat and I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't think that's what they're calling it. It feels like <laughs> partial or something. Yeah. Okay. So, All right. so definitely a little smaller. So it did, you know, it did get up there pretty quick. Um, and then for a bit of the cut too, it got a little higher than I wanted, like almost like 375. Uh, and wow. I realized that, um, I just like, cause you know, the, on the pit barrel juniors, you can't adjust the bottom vent like too well. You can't like really close it too small. Right. But, uh, I had it faced so the wind was blowing, it was blowing into the hole. So uh -huh. I could like tell like it was going up really quickly. So I, like all I did was turn it around like, and then temperature dropped back down to like down. 325, uh, and then stayed like that for the rest of the time. So good lesson yeah. for all the listeners. Like when you're cooking something a long time, pay attention to your wind. Yeah, your wind direction. Good point. Yeah, that wind coming in just provides more oxygen to your fuel and you're just going to run it hotter. Yep, and yeah. definitely that's what happened in Quick Fix. Never something that occurred to me, like in San Diego, I don't know, because we had such a bad or small backyard. <laughs> because and like, it's such tropical paradise. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, you know, and it, it was like right up against the fence in like a little garden bend. So there was okay. not a lot of airflow happening down there in general. Uh, uh, so it was like an interesting um, yeah, observation that I will continue to keep in mind. Okay. The only the only wind I imagine you're getting is from the servants when they're waving palm leaves across you to keep you cool because <laughs> you're down there in paradise. Oh, no. <laughs> if only. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds fantastic. And how did the pork taste because you did do it for a next over meal? Another episode we did way back when, next over a meal. Check that one out. Look at I just plugged the podcast like crazy. There we go. Hey, 132 episodes, plenty of episodes to plug. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, you going on a long trip? Grow coach the whole way, baby. <laughs> you make it across country. Dang, I don't even know if I could do that, but if you do, I'll give you a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, how was it for the next over? How did that turn out? Did you notice any difference? Uh, would you suggest doing that again? What do you think? Yeah, I think in particular the pork did this really well. It, it tasted, it didn't lose any flavor at all. If any, it kind of felt a little more amplified because it had time to to really steep in that. Mm -hmm. I made it in, so the, after the same day I smoked it, I put it into a crock pot and finished it in that sauce. Okay. Uh, so it had all all weekend to, to mellow out in that. So it was a win. Everyone really liked it. It's this is definitely one of my favorite things that I make. Okay, fantastic, yeah. man! I love it. So, um, they must have had like pork shoulders on sale or something like that because I also did pulled pork tacos for Memorial Day. <laughs> so yeah, planted the seed. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, maybe that's what happened. Uh, we just sort of did an impromptu Memorial Day. Let's do this. Let's invite some people over, and uh, man, we had a great time. But I, I did cooked the pork shoulder overnight. I dry brined it overnight first off. And then I put it on, you know, probably like 11 o'clock at night, something like that. I cooked it on my drum. <laughs> uh, yep. Cooked it on my drum and then I took off. I was gone. But yeah, definitely my drum. It was nice, very secure. Cooked it about 2.30 for, it was, it probably went for about 10 hours. Um, Still wasn't really where we wanted it to be at that point. I did have good bark, but because I was not here, uh, I didn't really reload or anything like that. 
But we wrapped the pork shoulder, put it in the oven at 225, and just sort of let it keep going. Uh, about two hours before it's time to go, temperature still wasn't really where I wanted it to be. <laughs> so uh, cranked it up to 350 and then, uh, you know, ended up pulling it off like right before serving tacos. So don't really know what temperature it was when it was finished, but it was smoky. It was juicy. It was tender. It was fantastic. Um, my man, Ryan Mitchell, who was just on our show, I bought some of his true made sauces. Nice. And one of them was the vinegar based for pulled pork. And so I did mix that in with the sauce when I finished and sprinkle a little kosher salt in there. And uh, I served mine. We made a little quick, like, uh, coleslaw, chopped up cabbage, carrots. And then I took some mayonnaise, some red wine vinegar, some mustard, salt and pepper, and made a real nice tangy, crisp slaw. And that tangy, crisp slaw that was very acidic went really well with the fatty part of the pork and the meat, the heavy, rich smoked meat. So I would again say it was nice and acidic and it really balanced the pork. You see where I'm going with that? Because we're talking acid today. See, I didn't even know I was doing this stuff until I really learned <laughs> from this book. It was like, I just made this because the recipe said so. But you get something acidic, balance it out with the fat. Super, super delicious. On top of that, I also did like a Chipotle cream. Saw it somewhere on Food Network years ago. Mixing Chipotle sauce with sour cream added some other seasonings in there. And that also went on top of my tacos. So it was pulled pork with the coleslaw and the chipotle cream. And it's just very delicious. Great combination. My, my wife said, oh, this is fantastic. I love how everything goes together. And yeah, your boy felt really good when she's complimenting me on my food. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, man. Real fantastic, good time. And and it's just so good. Pork shoulder, just it's so good for serving so many people. So definitely suggest that to do that. Um, so it's just so odd that we both did it. We both cooked on a drum. We both had tacos. Boom. Yeah. Tacos are life. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember what sauce? Uh, or maybe I missed it. What sauce you uh, used? It was the vinegar sauce. The vinegar sauce. Okay, nice. Yep, yep. Uh, and then these these are like uh, all like no sugar sauces, huh? Like are no they're added no sugars. sugar added. So yeah, they're all just natural from fruits and vegetables that they use to make the sauces. And I tell you, the mustard one is great. The red one is a little spicy, got a little kick, but it's it's also very good. I really haven't figured out where to pair that one with. But um, I actually put the mustard one on ribs last week, and I really enjoyed that. And uh, I shared those ribs too, and. Got nothing but compliments. But when you're giving people ribs, they better compliment you or else you ain't going to get no more ribs. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've been definitely been happy with those with those sauces. And I have to be honest, I got other sauces in my refrigerator that I skipped over. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't really got one more. I'm not really a fan of that. But, you know, I'm picky when it comes to sauce, especially. Because I think so sauce has such an impact on your meats. But, uh and, and I like to be more, more or less a lot of times a meat only guy, but I'm growing, I'm learning, you know, branching out. So there you go. So, yeah, uh, I told my mom to get the thin sauce out of the refrigerator because I had them all in the refrigerator. And she was, which one, which one? 
And then finally she brings them all, but then the vinegar sauce, it looks like it's it's juice almost. Oh wow. It's called a sauce, but to me it's not really even sauce. It's just like a bottle of vinegar or a hot sauce or even or something like that. But you heard Ed, man. That's how the Carolinians how they do Carolinians it. do it, you know. So I'm 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 learning. I'm 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 working on my southern draw, I'm becoming southern here. <laughs> we'll see. I'm trying to knock on the door. Let me in. I want to be southern. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh anyways, let's get to the next no, before we get to the next portion of our show, I want to shout out a listener if I can do that, Frankie. Yeah, go for it. All right. This man's name is Joel. He is from a Pittsburgh, Philadelphia area. Ah, he just says Pennsylvania area. However, our last episode, we talked about cooking all year round. And this man has made it to where he can cook all around because he made a grill shack. This grill shack is a nice wood base metal siding where you got one full metal siding. I imagine to block some wind, uh, especially low and high. Looks like it's kind of like a little bar area, has three cookers in there, has a Weber kettle, a master built charcoal vertical smoker and a charboil gas grill. And uh, right on the other side of that, he has, I want to say like three couches and a love seat with the table. Nice. There's probably a TV in there somewhere. Uh, I mean, man, it just looks like the great hangout spot. Even has the little roll down uh, shade. So I imagine if the sun comes in, you know, sort of roll that down or block some sun or wind or, I mean, this place just looks amazing to me because you can just cook right there and hang out right there. Matter of fact, I could see myself falling asleep right there while cooking a pork shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) I can see it too. Ah, Dude, what an amazing place. Uh, Would love to have something like this in my backyard one day. But uh, Joel, thanks for reaching out and talking to the grill coach and uh, sharing your pictures with us. And with that being said, let's get to the listener question. Frankie, what do we got? Let's see. Your question today is when taking the temp in a brisket prior to wrapping, should you measure in the flat or the point? I'm always about measuring the flat. The flat is definitely the leaner side. The fat has more fat in it. Not the flat. What am I talking about? (laughs) The point has more fat in it. The flat is the leaner side. You have less of a window of cooking in the lean side. Imagine cooking chicken breast. Chicken breast comes out really good and really juicy if you hit the number right on side. Whether if you're cooking a chicken thigh that has a lot of fat in it, it's good no matter what, almost no matter how bad you burn it (laughs) or or do it. There's plenty of fat in there. So you definitely want to get the measurement from the flat because the point has a lot more give and you can play around with that. Taking notes. I was going to say, Frankie, because you yet to cook a brisket. Just throw it out there. <laughs> it's coming. The weather's getting nice. I have reinforcements. I have two other folks who want to help do it, too. So we're getting there. We're getting All right. There. So, so let me just throw this out there right now. I was thinking about it the other day, Memorial Day, thinking about the grill coach, thinking of how I appreciate that Frankie edits every episode and does so much for this. I'm going to send you a brisket. Ooh. No way. I was already looking online. I was going to order one. I'm going to send you there. I just got your address. So you'll be getting a brisket soon. You know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> a brisket will then be coming very soon, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe he'll make it if I send him one. 
if the meat comes, I nah. <laughs> something like that. It'll come to we'll me later. <laughs> all right, all right, <laughs> all right. Uh, man, we got to talk about acid, but before that, let's let's do our grill coach recommends. What do you got, Frankie? Uh, let's see. I'm really intrigued and wanting to try out these true made food sauces uh, that you tried out this past weekend. Sounds like they were really great. So I'm going to go with that. And they have more than just barbecue sauces, too. It looks like they have like ketchups and mustards and um, all kinds of other goodies. So definitely looking forward to incorporating some of this into my cooking and uh, definitely getting out any added sugars is always a win, I think. Very much so. Uh, I definitely got to improve my eating habits. And uh, this will help because I can still eat ribs and stuff like that. <laughs> See, yeah, one thing at a time, one thing at a time. I <laughs> uh, am. My daughter's a big fan of ketchups. I wonder if she'll like that ketchup. So maybe I'll get in there and order some ketchup. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. There we go. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the chapter acid from the book, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. All right, and we're back today. We're talking about acid from salt, fat, acid, heat. Uh, before we do dive into that, uh, I did want to take a quick moment to thank all of our patrons. Without your support, we can keep the show going. I encourage everyone to go check out the website, thegrillcoach.com, where you can sign up for the newsletter. We'll send you our Grill Coach recommendations, uh, new show alerts, and blog updates, and other helpful information. Uh, so Excellent. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And so, Jay, uh, I know you kind of briefly touched on or not briefly. I know you you talked about why we're exploring this book um, to, to begin with. Right. We all want to be better cooks. And I think that uh, understanding how all these things play into our cooking is really important. Uh, and especially if you're new to cooking, because being able to master some of these elements will just be able to help you improvise uh, and take on any kind of new food task that comes this way. So I love that. Improvise, create. Yeah. Execute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really like what you said earlier, save or, or kind of help balance things too. Like if you take something a little over the edge, being able to, to know how to balance that out at the end, I think is really helpful, um, helpful thing to do. So the, the value of acid is about balance and that comes straight out of the book. And Real quick, we'll just take it to something really simple, I'm thinking. You go to a Mexican restaurant, the first thing they do is you serve chips and salsa. The chips are salty, and sometimes they might even be rich with oils. And then you dip them in the salsa, which has got tomatoes and vinegars or whatnot, and that's like an acid. So, like, some of the foods that we just eat on a regular basis, we're already balancing with acid. So I was just, again, once I read this part of the book, I'm just like seeing acid everywhere, like the old Tootsie Roll commercial. Everywhere I see is a Tootsie Roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the author, she has this story about carrot soup, which does not sound very good to me. But yeah, you never know. I'll still be game to try something like that. Um, yeah, carrot soup sounds good. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so she said acid is salt's alter ego, which, okay, well, what do you mean by that, right? Uh, you know, one is Spider-Man, the other one is uh, what's that other guy? The alternate Spider-Man, Venom or whatever. Venom. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, like there that. we go. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Where's my teenagers when I need them? <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so but basically, salt enhances flavors, 
but acid balances flavors. And that's what she was kind of alluding to that, that the salt is acids alter ego. So she mentioned about the carrot soup and she took it to this chef and had him taste it. And he said, put a cap full of vinegar into the soup. And uh, she even says, I'm going to read right from the book, vinegar. Who'd ever heard of putting vinegar in soup? Was he crazy? Did I hear him right? I didn't want to ruin the entire pot. So I took a spoonful of my beautiful soup and added a single drop of red wine vinegar. Tasting it, I was floored. I expected the vinegar to turn the soup into a sweet and sour abomination. Instead, the vinegar acted like a prism, revealing the soup's nuanced flavors. She says, I could taste the butter and the oil and the onions and the stock, even the sugar and the minerals within the carrots. So she said, if I was blindfolded and quizzed never in a million years, would I, would I have been able to identify vinegar as one of the ingredients? Question for you, Frankie, after hearing that, have you ever thought of something like that or had an experience where you added you know, something that you just thought would never go together, but it actually works out. Mm, I'm always kind of surprised about how, how things go together, but kind of specifically with this like soup, like I, I wouldn't have thought to do that in like a carrot soup, but, or like even like a, I don't know, like a tomato soup, but uh, I, I do do this. Like when I make my caldos, like, uh, like any Mexican type of soup that, that we caldo do. Caldo means soup for everybody. I'll translate yeah. for Frankie. He went all Mexican on us real quick. Like, I love the accent, though. <laughs> um, you know, we always put a little lemon um, or some soups called for a little bit of lime, like when you serve it. So it kind of made sense when I read it, but like never would I have thought to like add that to anything but like a clear brothy soup like that. That was Mexican. So, yeah, kind of very true. Mind. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like, you know, we're eating pho. You, you add lemon, you add lime, mm -hmm. you're adding mm -hmm. more acid to it. See, man, I'm starting to see acid everywhere. I bet we got so many listeners thinking like about things that they might be adding acid. You know, I think about my son, he's always eating Cholula or, or Tabasco sauce. Those things are just vinegar. They're all vinegar based and it's just adding acid to, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're eating. Cause it's not really spicy, but it just, sometimes people say like the spiciness wakes up things. Right. And you can just taste stuff better. So again, it's just, um, yeah, just, it's it's mind blowing how it works together, but yeah, think about adding a vinegar to carrot soup. <laughs> um, so real quick, we'll just talk about what is an acid. Now she gets very very sciency in this one, and I I didn't really pleasure reading that. I don't know about you, Frankie. <laughs> I loved it. I when she pulled out little pH, I was like, okay, now you're kind of speaking my language. <laughs> okay, uh, so pH is a scale to tell if something's acidic or not. So if it's acidic, it's below seven. And if it's above seven, then it's a base. Isn't that mm -hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, but she says like, really like, instead of balancing things or looking at things on a pH scale, just use our tongue because anything that tastes sour on your tongue, that's, that is a source of an acid. Yeah. And she has this really cool. There's this really cool illustration in the book uh, where she has like a little scale of things of different common ingredients in her kitchen that and she measured like the acidity of it. And some of the things I was a little, I was like, um, 
I was like, I did never would occur to me like to think as an acidic item. Like uh, she talked about how like dairy, some dairy is acidic. Dairy, uh, buttermilk but never, is on her list. Greek mm-hmm, yogurt or like yeah. coffee, like um, not things yeah. that I would normally associate with with being acidic. But it was how about interesting honey? To see it. honey? Yeah, honey, one. definitely not one that I thought of. No. Yeah, the most acidic thing she has in her kitchen is lime, lime and lemon. Man. Those are more acidic than than sour gummy candies. <laughs> Again, very good illustrations in this book. I think we talked about this before, and it really helps sort of, uh, you know, I, I think helps visualize things. And it, and it's a fun way to read it because especially like this, it's it very sciencey. And um, and I'm an engineer, dude, and I was still kind of turned off. This is not fun anymore. I want to learn about barbecue. <laughs> why am I, you know, why am I talking pH scale? Um, but she did just say, think, think tang. And so I was like, oh, okay, tang. Even when I make my barbecue sauces from home, usually when I feel like that, like sense of tang in it, that kind of runs through my body. I'm like, there it is. That's what, That's I, what I was looking for. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it was pretty good. So let's see, uh, as you talked about earlier, you know, acid is really key in helping achieve balance. And as we, just discuss as well, you know, different sources of acid vary in flavor and concentration. And like, you know, I tend to like rely heavily on limes and lemons. And I think that's just because mm. culturally that's what I ate that's what a you lot grew up growing with. up with. Yeah. yeah. But I guess like thinking more globally, what are different acids you can use to balance a dish? All right. So we're going to talk. So vinegars and, and vinegar is one of those things that I never really thought even so much as in a cooking until I got into making a barbecue sauce and then, also thought only apple cider vinegar is the only vinegar you can use. But uh, I think that there's all kinds of vinegars. Even I just mentioned in my highlight, I made my barbecue or I made my coleslaw dressing with a red wine vinegar. And the whole reason why I did that, because I was out of apple cider vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> I got so many compliments on the coleslaw and I use red wine vinegar. So, but it was the same thing. It's an acid. So, um, so vinegar is for one. Uh, next one would be citrus, just like you said, lemons and limes. And then uh, pickles. Pickles is another one. I was I was, uh, I was, was up in Michigan, and I ordered a corned beef sandwich from this very famous place. And they serve it with a side of a pickle. And I keep thinking, why don't I always serve sandwiches with just like a pickle spear? But now it was like, oh, wait a minute. That's the acid to help balance all that juicy corned beef and cheese and mayonnaise that's all together. It's a... Uh, you want to balance that out, bring the balance. So pickles. I also thought about Frankie and pickling those vegetables like he always does. Uh, really great stuff. Always a winner. Yeah. <laughs> and you're doing that with vinegar. So it's like you're pickling mm-hmm. and the vinegars. And so it's, again, it's another way of using acid. And then the other one that did surprise me, you mentioned it earlier already, was dairy. Um, dairy, I would not think of at all as being an acid. But to me, first thing I would think of is sour cream. Uh, blue cheese on burgers or steak, a Mexican Mexican crema, right on tacos or something like that, mm-hmm. like feta cheese, feta cheese, yeah, all of that. That's those are all forms of acid. What? Yes, so they are, and they're used to help balance your meal. So, um, again, there's a lot to kind of come out of this book and help just educate us with the way some of these things work. And I remember there was a chart for fats and fats and the different cultures 
and she has a very similar chart for uh, for assets, Europe, Africa, North America, South America, Asia. And uh, they just go all over the place and you name it. They got it. <laughs> um, but very fascinating. Good visuals, too. Yeah. And I think the chart's really helpful too. Just like the one when she was talking about fat and like, if you're trying to create a recreate a cuisine uh, that is of a different country or region, like it's really helpful to use the, the sources of fats or acids that, that are available in those areas to really create, you know, some of those dishes. So it's really cool and how they break this down and um, you know, different areas, ingredients, and even from like what to use to cook in it, to cook stuff with, Versus like what to garnish with. So very helpful. Love it. Yep. Yep. Very good. Yeah. And and it was interesting to learn uh, that, you know, acid affects more than just flavor, uh, but that there was this chemical reaction piece that was also happening. Right. Because we are talking about acid here. It went in a little more sciencey again, but like yep, yep. what other roles does acid play in our cooking? So, so like she does definitely point out that, the acid will dull anything that's green. And um, the first thing I think about is some is pickles, pickles made out of cucumbers. It's, you know, bright, dark green cucumbers. And then they are a little bit more dull after that. Um, so I just think of something like that. Anything that's in those jars sometimes where they kind of get stood in there. So reds and purples, they keep they keep the color and it's really good to keep the color it makes it more vibrant. So raw fruits, they uh, prevent them from oxidation. So they actually help them from turning brown when you add that acid. Um, makes me think about avocados. I love, oh, yeah. love avocado and guacamole. To keep it from going brown, I was always told, squeeze the lemon juice and keep lemon juice on top of it as you put it away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, I've always heard that too. Now I guess it makes sense. Also, I had a friend, I was helping a friend do a catering gig where she like made a this like a charcuterie board with a bunch of apples. And she's like, pour lemon juice on all the apples, before, you know, while we're prepping them and they want to turn color. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's like the weirdest things I've ever heard of. <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> Man, see, that's my point, right? I, does she even know that that's like acid and this and that? That's why you got to get this book, master these, these basic elements of cooking. But yeah, what a great idea. Man, love it. I mean, not only is in the colors, but acids also affects the textures. So the textures of fruits, it will help keep the textures of fruits and veggies a little longer. It's nothing I hate more, like worse than just like a super soft veggies. I really like to have, you know, crunchy or some bite or something like that. Um, but it also keeps vegetables and like beans tougher longer. So you can cook things and, and it'll cook more slowly just adding some acids to that kind of stuff. Yeah. I was also like really interested to hear like how, I mean, I think we, we all know kind of inherently, especially when we go to like marinate or um, tenderize like meats, you know, acid can sometimes play a role in that, but I've always been so hesitant, uh, you know, to add acid um, to like anything that like any kind of protein or meat. Cause I'm in my mind, I'm like, Oh, it's going to cook it. It's, it's going to make it really tough actually. Sure. Uh, like ceviche, right? Yeah. But so I was like pleased to see like she kind of broke down a little bit how that process how 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 it kind of does both. Like first it's it is tenderizing it. I guess that process is called like denaturation, and then then it does coagulate if you leave it in there longer, right? So then it will start to toughen it up again, and and that's how like the ceviche, like ceviches will almost get cooked in like that. So it was good to um, 
kind of hear that because like, you know, I was, would add a little bit of like lemon or orange juice to like my carne asada, like marinade. Okay. Um, but, but I was just dead it. Cause I, but I'm like, well, isn't that not achieving what I want it to do, but it always ends up working. But, uh, so it's just good to kind of know, you got to know when, understand to, some why, when yeah. to add it. Yeah. And then, you know, not letting, and then the time and the amount of time it, it can be in there before. It also it ruins the color, effect. right? Like it also, like it, it takes away some of that vibrant color from meats, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Sometimes it can definitely do that. I always add a little bit of chili powder and anything though. So <laughs> <laughs> your colors are red. Okay. Red. And it keeps red. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. So producing acid. Um, one of the things we can talk about is producing acid, some of the cooking methods. And I think we'll probably learn more when we get into the heat section. Like I was, this was interesting to me, like caramelizing or the Maillard reaction. We always talk about like how when you're cooking meats or smoking meats and your crust or your bark is starting to form, that actually creates acidic compounds. I was mind blown. Yeah, that one threw me for a loop too. <laughs> but then I think about it, you you taste something with some char marks, you know, you get, uh, you know, I'm just thinking for for whatever reason, I start thinking tandoori chicken and you get like a little char on the edges. It's mm -hmm. like, it's always good to have like a little bit of char, right? Because that little bit of char gives you that perfect balance with the fatty and the protein. So it's like, you don't want burnt. There's a difference between burnt and charred. But um, yeah, so I think that that caramelization, again, I didn't realize that was actually producing, producing acid. Yeah, definitely see it like this book is full, full, full of gems. Yeah. yeah. So the next one is a, a way of producing acid is is fermentation. And so fermentation is essentially letting things sit in something acidic. Uh, like my son and my wife, they they actually made their own kimchi. That's really cool. Daniel makes his own kimchi. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And, and then. Even when I read this, I immediately thought about Frankie doing his own pickles and pickled veggies because you're always pickling stuff. Yeah, definitely always pickling. You call uh, it a I'm, quick pickle, right? Quick like, pickle, yeah, because because fermentation takes time too, right? That that is yeah, another yeah. part of part of that process. Um, so I was going for a little quicker pickle. <laughs> uh, care to give us any one of your little recipes, real quick? You've been dropping good recipes in this episode. So how about a quick pickle <laughs> recipe? Ooh, um, I do a little cheat code. I do um, usually like white distilled vinegar. And then in the like Mexican spice aisle of most grocery stores, you know, they have like all those Mexican spices in the little in bag, the plastic bags. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. A, pre usually pretty cheaper than anything that you're going to find in the, uh, in the little jar. But <laughs> they have a little pickling mix that I really okay. like. So I usually do, I don't really take measurements, but I do usually like healthy, you know, couple cups of, vinegar uh and i do uh like a couple of spoonfuls of sugar a little bit of salt and then that pickling mix and i just bring that to a quick quick boil just just enough and then i turn it off and then pour that over like thinly chopped vegetables so i think right now in the fridge we have uh red onions and carrots and i think we're gonna try to do some turnips actually i think daniel's gonna make some turnip um kimchi Hold on, wait a minute. So when I brought up the idea that you do this sometimes, how did I know you have some in your fridge? <laughs> we always do. Because something pickle could go on anything. You could go with a sandwich. We've been doing meal prepping a lot. So okay. we've been doing um, 
uh, like bowls, like farro bowls or quinoa bowls. And uh, I think the pickle really balances because I always will do like smoked chicken or we'll grill up a bunch of, uh, you know, some meat. So it really just, you know, balances it out really well. That's what it is. Acid creates a balance. That's what we're talking mm. about. Excellent. All right. So I guess now that we understand a little more about how acid works, uh, how about how to use acid? So there's different ways about layering acids. And she goes through that process. And she has a pretty, pretty interesting recipe about clams, which something I never really made, but it um, talks about white wine sauce. And she goes into layering acids about really sometimes it's the sauce that makes all the difference and stuff. And again, I never really thought like if you have wine or you're making sauce with a wine and you're adding cream, which is another form of acid that you're actually sort of adding acids to your, to your proteins or your noodles or whatever. Yeah. And then building on it. Right. So you get different flavors of that same type of acid, depending on when and where you add it. Uh, yeah. Just kind of, Brightens up a dish, I think. Yeah, so you might do all of that when you're cooking, and then when you're right before you finish, right before you eat, squeeze a little lemon, a little more acid. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I was surprised when I saw in this book, um, two words, umami and MSG. MSG, monosodium glutamate. It, I know that in the past there's a whole lot of controversy about it. The one thing I know about MSG is it makes things taste good. And... Uh, what she kind of explains in this that it may take some really uh, make some research to understand, but combining your acid and your salt, especially in sauces or something like that, that creates that umami flavor and that umami flavor. She does remind us as Japanese for the fifth taste that we can sense where the other four tastes are sweet, sour, salty, and bitter. So, the closest translation, the closest translation into English is something like deliciousness or savoriness. <laughs> I'm a savory guy. I always want to be a savory guy. Anytime I eat something and we have a dessert and you left with that sweet taste in your mouth, it's like, ah, I got to eat something salty again. I need to have savory in my mouth. That's got to <laughs> be the last taste. So um, that that's definitely my type of stuff. Um, ultimately, I want to say with acids and especially in here, Again, the word, the key word is balance. Think about different ways things we get out. Uh, think about different places we can get acid. And just like Frankie mentioned, when layering, think about when to add it to the cook or the meal, whether it's going to be during, before, like a marinade, after, like a lemon squeeze on top. But man, it's just so much. And I think really understanding this section of acids, especially as barbecue people, because when we're barbecuing and we're grilling stuff, the stuff that we do is so heavy, whether it be protein, flavor, or fat, I feel like it does need a balance. I agree. And I've always turned to, to acid for that balance in, intrinsically. And now I guess it just makes sense now. I know. Our, now I understand why. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they put barbecue sauce on meats. I mean, it's just like, oh, okay, this is why, you know, this is why that happened. They found that balance. And, uh, yeah, she really kind of helps discover that for us and gives us a scientific explanation for it. So um, I'm just saying, wow, it's a lot to learn here. Get the book. Check it out. Not only can you get the book, watch her show on Netflix. Uh, the show on Netflix is a lot more digestible, even though we're talking about food. 
It definitely <laughs> doesn't go into so much of the explanation. She actually goes more into the food and the recipes. Um, like, by the way, this book is half the book is all recipes. And I'm sure that these recipes are all building on the stuff that she talks about in the beginning where we're talking about the 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 elements of salt, fat, acid and heat. So um, get this uh, get this book and. Uh, improve your grilling game by becoming a better cook. There, there we go. That's the goal, right? Yep, absolutely. If you're a better cook, better on the grill, you have more confidence, have more people over. You know, make people and your family around you happier. The world will be a better place automatically. <laughs> that is the truth. I can't speak enough how much you can learn from this book. So get the book and get outside and with Frankie and Jay. Fire it up and barbecue the right way. Grill of the grill, so purple and smoke to put smiles on the ones you love the most. Get outside and chill and take your time. Reverse it, try drive run. Here to teach, learn and inspire. We bring the smoke, propane and fire. Get outside and grill now. The time has come. Turn up the volume, learn and have fun. Younger, old, no matter the skill. You just got to, you just got.